Welcome to the Mammoth Games Cast. I am one of your hosts, Night Swarm. And with me this week, we have Johnny Riot and Major Potty. I took away the power so we could get it right for a week. Damn. <laughs> you think so, so far? Just you wait. I. There's going to be like a loud like squeal or a yell or something like that that's going to come through. I feel like I keep getting robbed on there. But, oh well. <laughs> One of these weeks, one of these weeks. Uh, still, uh, so, it was scheduled to uh, have filter cord back this week. Um, but uh, I think he liked wherever he was so much he's staying there for another week. So, we'll uh, hopefully be able to catch up with him next week. But we still have um, pretty much two weeks worth of content here to go over. Uh, so, decently uh, large show. Why don't we go ahead and jump right into it with um, the monthly freebies. Um, first, if you guys get the chance, you can head on over to uh, facebook.com backslash Mammoth Games Inc. Check out all the top news and video game stuff over there. Uh, we appreciate all the likes, comments, and shares. As well, Twitter, uh, at Mammoth Games Inc. So you know we go live, do jump just like this. Um, yeah, we got. Well, why don't we start with Games with Gold? Uh, yeah, because, um, as usual, mildly disappointing. <laughs> um, Microsoft definitely knows what to do when they don't care about their service. So, April 1st through the 30th, we are getting Vikings, Wolves of Midgard. Uh, April 16th to the 15th, we are getting Truck Racing Championship. Oh, oh shit. And then uh, April 1st through the 15th, we're also getting Dark Void, which is a 360 title. And then the one that actually caught me is Konami's Hardcore Uprising, which is April 16th to April 30th. So um, that was just an old, like, tiny Konami title back on 360 Arcade that I had a lot of fun with that I wouldn't mind playing again. But, um, yeah, clearly. <laughs> but you're clearly like, I'm not going to take the time. Some fire, so... fire titles. Ish. Rough, rough out here. Uh, but this is not what Xbox and Microsoft is going forward with. Obviously, talked about it a ton of times. This is just, hey, here's some freebies uh, kind of situation. By the way, have you checked out Game Pass? Um, at least that's the way it feels for me. Um, and there is uh, actually uh, Major Potty and I were having a conversation right before the show. Um, just on the difference between Game Pass and, uh, you know, like something like PlayStation Now, which we've had that conversation, uh, not you and I, but we, I've, we've had the conversation on the show a healthy amount of times. And I feel like we'll jump a little bit more into that once we start talking about a whole Game Pass um, PlayStation exclusive, X, X PlayStation exclusive uh, fiasco that we have coming up later in the show. Uh, so, that is your Games with Gold for this month. Um, supposedly uh, just about $130 in value. Yeah, so that's... because anybody's paying full price <laughs> for any of those titles. Yeah. Uh, we also have uh, the PlayStation Plus titles. Uh, Major Party, why don't you go ahead and give us the rundown on some of these? Even if you don't know everything about them, it's all good. Well, we are getting Oddworld... Uh, which is a PlayStation 5 ex um, new release. Then we're going to be getting Days Gone. Um, 
which is current or was part of the PlayStation Plus collection, but now is also available for pretty much everyone on play, PlayStation Plus, regardless if you have PS5 or PS4. Then you have Zombie Army, Dead War 4, and I have no idea what that is. Johnny, the I know you Ar- said you were excited for the it. The Zombie Army games are dope, so they essentially use um, one of the sniper game engines, and they're typically built for really good multiplayer, but the Zombie Army games are much more realistic in the sense that they're not simple run and gun. Um, yeah, you're gonna have zombies stumbling and fumbling after you, but if you're not taking them out with like you'll, you're hitting leg shots and watching chunks of their body just fall apart while they're still coming your way. So you are dealing with massive swarms of zombies, but you're also getting a lot of the cool mechanics you got in the sniper games. Um, okay. So it's like it, it sounds like it's kind of like the sniper games mixed with like Left 4 Dead. Yeah, I mean, it's the it, same. It, it really is. It's just it's that it's the sniper engine. Um, okay. You always have a few different characters you can play as. Um, I, I would honestly say Left 4 Dead, but way more difficult because, uh, yeah, not not quite as ridiculous um, as far as weird humor and stuff. But you're not a carrying a gnome it. from the beginning of one campaign all the way to the end. <laughs> it's it's a brutal game though, and I'm actually really excited to play this one. The 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 original trilogy goes on sale all the time, and I kept passing up on it because I don't think I'd ever have time for it. But this I will definitely make time for. We actually made a little bit of time this week to uh, play a game together. We should do that with this since it's going to be free. Yeah, it looks it's oh, it's such a stupid, just stupid fun zombie game, and. Uh, was that a massive shark? Yes. That was cool. Okay. That's actually I'm one in. of the big selling points for this one. There was a collector's <laughs> edition of this game that released that came with a giant zombie shark. Nice. Uh, yeah, Days Gone, that was on, that was in the PlayStation collection. Still is. You're just going to be able to own it everywhere. I wonder if they're trying to, you know, hey, this is stuff that's in our collection. Let's give it out for free so we can kind of move some of these things off of the collection. And I, add I new things. I don't think they're ever going to come off the collection. Honestly, I just think that this is a way for the few people that didn't have it, for the people that don't have a PS5 to get it, and for the people that didn't already get it on PS4. Um, as usual, every month there's a lot of hate that goes out about the titles that were chosen. Uh, there were people specifically saying, "Oh, if anybody wanted this game, they would have had it by now. It's days gone. It's been on sale for like twenty bucks everywhere." Yeah, but I at the same it. time, not everybody has thought they'd want it you know ps plus a lot of times gives people a chance to play a game that they never thought they would that they can fall in love with and days gone is a slow burn to get it going but it's a phenomenal game once you get into it actually i would stand in that camp of i was one of those that didn't get days gone and i would consider uh, playing this game now that is part of the well it was part of the collection but also now being part of playstation plus that i'd didn't get around to it because I heard it was kind of a slow burn, and I think there were some other titles I was more interested in at the time. So maybe I'll make some time now that I'll have this available. Yeah, and that was gone. the th- yeah same. I was just gonna say same for me. Like I, I had, um, I, I wanted to play it. Other things came out. Never got around to it. Came out on the collection, but that popped up day one for the PlayStation Five where I'm trying to play PlayStation 5 games. This was one of the... Days Gone was one of the first, uh, like, 
Upgraded. I would say first like three games I downloaded on the PS5, and then I never ended up playing it. Ran out of room, had to get rid of it. Yeah, it's it's also the big thing with Days Gone is there was a lot of hype leading up to its launch, um, but then as it was about to finally drop and as it launched, a lot of the hype kind of died for it. So people thought it wasn't going to do as great, and then word of mouth got out that it was actually good, and then it sold like crazy. Um, yeah, I I remember the. Um, seeing those flood mechanics, the zombies kind of almost acting like a liquid as they were chasing you in the original trailers, yeah, and it, being stoked for it. Uh, and it definitely got me because I expected the game to be. I I didn't know what to expect. Honestly, I was still trying to. I was still selling copies of it at the time. But launch day, it wasn't as great. Uh, it was one of those that got not the best critic reviews, and then player reviews hit, and it blew it away because people loved it. For sure, and it's Ben's studio, you know, uh, they they have a good pedigree of games, I think, you know, looking at things like Siphon Filter and whatnot. So, um, yeah, that's definitely a good get. And then continuing right along with uh, dropping games day one that are PlayStation 5 um, here on, you know, PlayStation Plus. Uh, this should be around for, like, I imagine two months if they're running it like every other game. Uh, the last one we had was Destruction All-Star. So, um, but yeah, uh, I, I knew Oddworld was not, Oddworld Soulstorm is not something I would have uh, purchased. But, you know, now that it's going to be something that is just available, of course, yeah, I'm going to jump into it and check yeah, it out. Yeah, we talked about that when they announced it was going to be PS Plus, and that was a, that was a yeah. huge deal. Like, Sony's dropping launch titles as Plus titles, so yeah, it, it's nice to, to have them. As long as you keep your Plus, you've got the game, which is mm-hmm. great. Um, the world is so good for Oddworld, though. It's, it's kind of weird. It's, it's the opposite of how Microsoft's doing stuff, because Game Pass is Microsoft's big focus, as we've seen. They'll drop mm-hmm. the title at launch on there, but you don't know how long you're going to have it, so they can always yank those titles back. Um, but the PS Plus titles, once they're there, as a Plus member, you've still got it. So, yeah, it's it, it is a really weird give and take, you know. Well, if, I think if you have an Xbox, it's like, oh, we have all of this, and that's awesome. But PlayStation's like, oh, we give you, we give you. This. Well, I this think is... part of that is intentional, just because of the focus uh, that you aforementioned here that Xbox is all concerned about trying to push Game Pass as much as they possibly can, and they kind of cannibalize their own marketplace if they offer really good games just for only having Xbox Gold membership. So it might be just part of their strategy of just trying to push people more towards Game Pass. And they, I, th- I think, honestly, that they want to kill um, the Gold. I think that it's ultimately the goal, is just kind of getting rid of Gold so they can just group everything with game pass i mean maybe not the name um but i feel like the ability to just have that um like uh, sooner or later i feel like it's going to fall into that um fall into that thing of like well you know you can spend you know 25 bucks for this or you can get this for 20 kind of situation but you know who knows i do know uh, the April games for PlayStation Plus are really solid. So, I, it, it's a month that I'm excited for literally everything. And again, I feel like I keep saying that, though. 
Well, I mean, they've had several months that has just been knockouts for their offerings. For sure, for sure. All and right. I, I was going to say, I really have to point out that um, a lot of people listening might think that we've said that consistently for PlayStation because we're huge PlayStation fans, but not necessarily the case. I mean, yeah, I'm a big PlayStation fan, but I also sure. have only played my Xbox in the past, like, month because of games dropping on Game Pass. So... I know how to look at it both ways on it. I know what's good and, and what's benefiting each side of it. This is an offering where those monthly freebies, Sony's been killing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, overall, looking at the positive sides of both things, it's great. I think we'll talk probably a little bit later about some of the um, negative impacts on that when we get into uh, you know, some of the weekly news stuff. But uh, looking at the positive side... Uh, yeah, there's a lot to take advantage of with, you know, having games with gold and as well PlayStation Plus. So, all right. Uh, so we'll go ahead and move into uh, the yeah the games uh, games releasing. This is a big spread starting uh, March 22nd because we did take a week off, uh, spanning until. Um, Let's see here. The 11th. Uh, which on our little sheet here, I put the wrong date. Uh, so, um, and then Johnny updated all of the uh, back ends on all of the uh, 30th. To st- fuck. I hate my life. Um, <laughs> so there, were, there were a lot of games that dropped over the past week. Um, and a lot of them a, were. A lot of stuff like, still coming. I feel like a lot, like some of them were like, oh hey, the biggest chunk of them were just, oh hey, this is coming to PC, or hey, now this is going to be on, uh, you know, console and PS5. But starting off on the 30th, one that um, is out now, uh, Disco Elysium, the final cut, coming out, PS5, uh, PS4, Stadia, and PC uh, from Zaum, I think is the guys that make that. Um, yeah, so if you didn't already have Disco Elysium, it's more reason to get it now. If you yeah. did already have it, uh, it's more reason to play it again now, because you're getting that free upgrade. Um, I kind of hate myself a little bit for not getting into this game. And it's every time I see it. I'm, in I, I'm like, why didn't? Why haven't I? It, it, it's one of those games where I see it on sale all the time and I want to grab it, but I keep telling myself I won't have time for it. Which is probably the only time I've been responsible about not buying a game. Yeah, that's. I think the first time you've ever said that here on the show. Like, I still super want it, but I don't have the time for this kind of title. Is the problem? Um, I just know that I won't. Yeah, it looks. It looks. It looks really, really good. And yeah, it does. Yeah, it's an award-winning game, though. If yeah. you're even remotely into like RPGs, definitely, and, and like weird settings definitely play it it's it's a super cool game i'm probably gonna game and pick it up on a on a quick sale purchase somewhere yeah i I probably will as well just to get that upgrade i i I think i kept shying away i kept seeing it on epic game store on sale and i kept shying away from it there Um, and now that this edition's out it's more expensive yeah yeah so playing the waiting game again uh but 
Another big one that uh, we've been talking about, I know Filter Cord was stoked for it. Uh, yeah. Evil Geniuses 2, World Domination, uh, hit PC, of course, um, from Rebellion Developments. Uh, this one is basically, uh, you know, as the title uh, alludes to, a world domination game. You basically play Dr. Evil, and you're trying to uh, take over the world. Um these games are definitely uh, they're definitely fun. Um, I played a lot of Empire of Sin. It feels uh, and, and seems kind of similar. You know, it's more of a I would say along the line of like Two Point Hospital rather than Empire of Sin. But it has that same like management thing that you're doing in Empire of Sin. So, um, but yeah, uh, Evil Genius uh, One was definitely well received and this one is looks of course leaps and bounds better so um if you already know about it i feel like you know but um if you don't know and this is the first time you're hearing about it definitely look up a trailer just to see um what's going on there i'm sure uh next week when filter cords back he's probably gonna have a little bit to say about this one Next one's uh, a little weird one. Um, we can just kind of throw it out in passing. It's this this weird series that a few people, I guess, have played. Um, the whole series is coming to PC finally um, with some really awesome PC enhancements. Um, uh, Kingdom Hearts is what? finally hitting PC. Uh, well, it finally has hit PC, I guess. So um, it all dropped uh, all at I've once. I've never heard of this title. <laughs> No, it's it's everything. Like this is um, just everything all at once. You know, you have the one point five, the two point eight HD remix. Yeah, 1.5, 2.5, 2.8, 3, 3 RE Mind, uh, Melody of Memory. Every Kingdom Hearts release together on PC with the ability to play with unlocked frame rates. Um, I cannot wait to see what kind of stupid, ridiculous mods people throw into it. Um, but it's that series that I just can't get into anymore because I played them as a kid and they haven't aged as well as some things have. That's very true. Um, I, I would say I, that would be one of the bigger things I would say about three. It looked great. I loved everything that was going on. It felt okay, but it felt shallow. It felt kind of it, like the whole thing just felt like it was like a hollow experience. Like it would have been, it, it, this would have been fine, you know, back, uh, you know, when Kingdom Hearts, like even two came out, it would have been awesome. Um, but it didn't feel like there was enough like worlds there, and then on top of that, it was like it just felt so linear. I, I don't know. It just and, it didn't capture the way that the previous uh, for the for the very few people that don't know uh, the Kingdom Hearts series is a Square and um, Disney collab where you play as a completely original character that gets to uh, kind of travel between worlds and most of the time you're traveling between the Disney worlds for different movies and stuff um, but a lot of different Square characters pop up once in a while so you know Cloud Sephiroth. Uh, a bunch of other, a bunch of Final Fantasy characters show up. Uh, Moogles are very common in there. 
Um, but you get to go to like Alice in Wonderland and um, Tarzan, Little Mermaid, and yeah. Tarzan, and we're only talking about ones from the first game because I don't care to think about ones <laughs> from the second game and further. Um, Tarzan was so good. It's an action combat, which is kind of what evolved to give us the Final Fantasy XV combat that's out there. Um, So there's, it definitely had an impact. Back then it was great. It just hasn't aged as well. Um, Maybe with it being on PC, uh, the mod committee could, could probably get into it and maybe throw some stuff in there to give us some good quality of life changes. Or they're going to get DMCA'd by Disney so hard. That is also equal. Very true. likely. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it, it's tough because we see this trend with uh, a lot of Square things. Like, looking at, like, um, like, Final Fantasy 15, for example. It's like, this would have been really good. You know, of course, had the story been a bit better, I think. But you know back previously like if if we were playing this uh you, you know on like ps3 this would have been great i think but just where we're at now it doesn't i don't know i don't think this some of the square titles are hitting properly and i wonder if it's just kind of being stuck in the past so it's tough but you can get all that stuff Everything Kingdom Hearts uh, came out on the 30th. I'll throw this out there for the uh, the, the mod community that's not listening to me. Um, give us those uh, newly acquired Disney IPs. So give us, uh, give us Anastasia from Fox, <laughs> since Disney bought that. Uh, give, us, uh, give us some Marvel stuff. That'll be fun. And then, and then just get you know, sued for it, but make a lot of people happy first. Little surprised that they didn't do anything Marvel three. There was nothing, right? No, and honestly, they cut down dramatically on the Final Fantasy stuff as well in the later yeah. stuff. Would you yeah, consider that's... Big Hero Six as potentially Marvel qualifying? Since no. that is, it's there, of... but I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, that, it's it's tough. Um, I don't know. Uh, at, with any luck, they're you know like reevaluating. You know, hopefully they're taking some stock on what people are actually really really interested in, um, and you know, with that maybe we can get something. Yeah, we're, a little we're higher a ways off. We are a ways off from another Kingdom Hearts game, though. So it is what it is. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, and it, it's um, you know I feel like you were like you were saying they used Kingdom Hearts as kind of like this launch pad for this is how we want combat to work. He wasn't even in, in it though. Launchpad was nowhere to be seen, so they didn't even get the good Disney stuff. But yeah, no, it, I, I just feel like they were trying to evolve, and I don't know, maybe it, it just didn't work. Uh. But as well, on the 30th, another game came out. Uh, this one this one hit Game Pass, right? Or was this yeah, this one's on Game Pass, and it's so, so good. Um, I fell in love with this game right off the bat. <laughs> the other day, yeah, go ahead. The other day I booted up my Xbox. I was going to start playing Outriders, and instead I saw that Naruto Boy had hit Game Pass. It finally launched. I 
installed it. I started playing it immediately. I was hooked for like a good hour before I talked myself out of it. Um, really fun side-scrolling hack and slash Metroidvania style adventure game, um, but it's very, very like old school, like super retro inspired. Um, not just from retro gaming, but music, graphics. The the display is set to look like you're playing on an old school CRTV. It's yeah, it's, it definitely has that look. It's, it's weird. It, it's it's cool. so good. Um, I highly recommend anybody that likes uh, action platformers and Metroidvania games to try this one out. Um, it does a lot of things very, very well, and it has a really cool like just style to it. Um, the not even like direct pixel art, but the very like '80s wavy TV screen, bright colors. I love every second of it. I had a complete blast playing it. Um, I can't wait to play more of it. Nice. Yeah, it has a, it has a really really cool style. Uh, yeah, very very Tron inspired too. It's weird. Like there's so many things that it takes inspiration from that is phenomenal. Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely one. Like I, I, I didn't, I didn't look at it too hard. I know you'd mentioned that you were playing it, and uh, that you're like, yeah, this is super rad. But uh, yeah, with it being out for like on Game Pass, I'm probably gonna check that out. Awesome. So uh, aside from that, another odd kind of oddball that I threw in here on the 31st. For PS4, Xbox One, and PC, looks like we ended up getting um, a free-to-play shooter called Drifters. Um, I, I didn't look into it too much. I just kind of saw this uh, um, almost like hero shooter uh, multiplayer game, and I was like, interesting. It kind of looks like um, the game that my roommate has been working on, uh, Bulletville. Um so I thought I'd chuck it in there for someone, you know, for some of those listeners. Hey, this is you know, technically a freebie, which I feel like we talk about freebies quite often. So uh, that one's out, of course, from Blind Squirrel Games. All right. So getting uh, into April, um, on the 1st, we had From People Can Fly and Square Enix, of course, Outriders. So uh, let it be said... We did give this game a lot of crap early on before launch. Oh, um, I'm still, I still want to give it shit. <laughs> yeah, the, the I, beta, the, the demo was impossible for you to get into um, yeah. for the longest time. I kept seeing things about it that just kept pushing me away, making me think like, no, I don't think it's going to be that great after all. Uh, and I kept wanting to shy away from it. Well, we both finally downloaded it and tried it out. Um it was it's it's pretty fun yeah it's fun it uh, that that's probably the the like biggest thing to say about it well yeah it's fun <laughs> like it's it's not it, i can't think of too many things that are just game breakingly bad aside from the server issues which is kind of a growing pains thing with server based games I that we see I think at this point, whenever a game launches that has an online continuous component to it, it's just to be expected that you're going to have issues with the servers. Right, right. And, uh, I, you know, just I haven't played it today or, or yesterday, but, uh, you know, it, it sounds like things are already better. Um, and then, uh, you know, there's nothing that is 
just so good about it either, though. There's nothing that's like you need to play. Like I couldn't tell someone, "Oh, you're not playing that." Like, why are you not playing that? It's so good. Um, now, I, I have told people, like, as far as since it's on Game Pass, people I know that have an Xbox that are looking for something fun to kill time with, I've recommended it because oh, yeah. it is it's really fun. Um, there's four different classes you can play as. A lot of the stuff we should have talked about during the demo, but neither of us played it, so. Um, yeah. I specifically picked my character thinking that you were going to pick a specific class that you didn't end up picking. So um, I was a little bit Surprises. bummed about that, but uh, I went with like the little the, the pyromancer build and had a lot of fun with it. Um, it lets me get in and get aggressive and then run back. Um, it's a typical yep. cover-based shooter. We compared it a lot while playing it to like um, Gears and Division meets like Destiny, um, Destiny. and to me even a little bit of anthem in there because you do have the really cool abilities and stuff and it is a big looter shooter but there's also a lot of stuff that i feel just doesn't hit that home run for me which is kind of what anthem did yeah yeah anthem really had it it had uh you know that you know that trope it had that thing like oh our thing is oh you can fly like um this doesn't really have that. This is very much a, uh, yeah, really just think like, um, I would say, uh, Division meets Gears of War. What uh, would be, I think, the biggest. And and it does have some things that are pretty fun, like the... The abilities are cool. I, I like the, the abilities, abilities a lot. Good. Um, you can only map three at once. The cooldowns on them seem pretty fair. Um, which means I can see them dropping an update and making the cooldowns worse um, because right now they're pretty solid if you plan well enough. Um, and I think as far as the abilities and stuff go, that's kind of where I go um, comparing it more to the Anthem side of it with the, the sci-fi aspect there is I do have you know crazy powers that I can use. I don't have a cool suit tied to all of it, but uh, I still look pretty dope when I'm running around doing cool stuff. Yeah, and uh, what what's interesting is like let's say um, I, I went the um, technomancer route. You thought I was going to go the trickster route, so you went pyro. Let's say we both did go trickster. Um, I don't think that would have impacted the gameplay too much. I think it would have been like, oh, what are you running? Cool, I'm going to run this. Um, just kind of maximizing what you have. So the game is three player co op. So if you do have two players that are playing the same class, I, I feel pretty confident that you guys just be able to talk it out and map it out and you know figure out who's going to do what just to uh you know maximize you know what kind of powers and things you have out in the field i think the weirdest thing of the entire game though is like your health regen is tied to your specials Uh, it's Mm -hmm. tied to how you're damaging enemies uh, which is a really neat turn a neat twist um i played a lot of bloodborne and that's how you got health back in bloodborne was by attacking enemies so Kind of like a leech slice. Yeah, like you... They um, call it leech, yeah. Yeah, I specifically... (laughs) The Pyromancer has a leeching ability where he will like pull an enemy closer to you and drain 35 HP from him right off the bat. But if I kill an enemy while they're suffering from my fire attack, while they're on fire, I get life back from that. Um, Oh, and they do this rad thing where they like drop to their knees and then they lift off the ground and their arms are like dangling back and their heads back and then they just explode. Yeah, one of my abilities does that, which is pretty dope. It's Um, super sick. (laughs) Yeah, I think that as the techno, you get health back for using your abilities to kill enemies. Like if your turrets Mm -hmm. and stuff are hitting enemies, you're getting health back. 
Um, and there's also uh, a health ability that heals. Yeah, yeah. You yourself. get a, you get a fucking health ability. I don't get dick. Um, well, it heals you as well yeah. if you're in if you're in range. So I um, find a lot of time that I'm running in, and if you do it, I can run into a dash melee where I ground pound and just send flames up at all the enemies around me, and then I just spray bullets into them to hopefully kill them all and get some health that way. Because I've died a lot by not being aggressive enough, and then I've died a lot by being too aggressive. It sucks. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it. I think I think they did a pretty. I think they did a pretty good job of focusing on that gameplay experience. Hey, what is the player going to be doing? Um, and how are you know how can we make that experience as uh, like yeah, basically just as good as possible. Um, and the the quips from the story, the the silly jokes and yeah, uh, yeah the the sense of very humor, dark humor, the sense of humor from the main character and how passive they can be in so many times is just so mm-hmm. good. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. Um, and then just that range of different like abilities and classes, like. I, I what I worry about is in game is okay, cool. I'm playing through this game and it is. In that regard, I feel like it is very Gears of War. That's where it takes a different path from Division. Uh, where in Division, you can go back to an area and there's different enemies there. In this, there doesn't seem to be different enemies there. Everything seems to be tied to the story. So by the end of the story, what would there be left to do? And then I think back, oh, there are three other classes with several different abilities that I've never possibly even seen before. And the skill trees are huge, so too. They class. Are. Each class has three different skill trees to run down. Um, and I haven't even branched down. I've, I'm solely going down one path. Just focusing on um, focusing on poison. So I have an ice ability as the Technomancer. And I can shoot poison. And you were throwing fire. So there were some instances where waves of people are frozen. There's a fire hurricane or tornado just blowing through the area. And I'm poisoning the shit out of everyone with poison bullets and then there was you also shooting so interesting and i was Uh, definitely getting killed a fair share of times by just running into a group of enemies and ground pounding them to catch them all on fire and then having you just like clip each of them while they were on fire to finish the kill yeah uh, and the technomancer really focuses on that long range so of course i was sticking with sniping um and that had to be a fun close up for you i know a few times you were like god damn it because you'd get close to an enemy and oh, yeah. Head yeah, there were quite a few off. times yeah that happened a lot yeah but that's so, that that's outriders in a nutshell though like it's pretty it's much. on game pass if you have an xbox give it a shot it's it's not game changing it's not going to be like some 10 out of 10 mind-blowing experience but if you're looking for a good third person shooter especially with some little sci-fi action going on give it a shot um yeah uh Watching on the live video, uh, we're watching a GameSpot article. They gave it an 8 out of 10. I would give it a little bit lower. I'd probably give it a 7 um, myself. Um, but there's still a lot to experience. And these guys are they're working hard. You know, One of the biggest things, talked about that server issue. Um, they're still working on it. You know, Every day, several, even an hour ago. Happy Sunday. We're here. We're watching. The server's not you. That'd be creepy as fuck. Um, you know, they're putting out stuff like that every, uh, you know, every couple hours, you know, just saying, Hey, we are monitoring the situation. If you are having an issue and getting in, uh, you know, 
the people, uh, the guys over at People Can Fly and as well at Square, they're doing their best to stabilize this. I don't know. I, I, likely, they did not expect it. They did not expect to have this many people on the servers. Yeah, it's the, the fact that it's crossplay, even though crossplay is busted right now, but a Game Pass launch is a pretty big deal for them. Um, yeah. And I know a lot of people didn't play the demo at all and wait until the game launched to play it. That's kind of how it was for me. Yeah. I, I ended up getting into the demo and playing it, and what I really liked about it was as soon as I downloaded the full game, booted up, I'm sitting on the main menu. Uh, all the achievements I would have got from playing through that in the full game from the demo, they all immediately popped. My character was there. I was able to just continue right on from where I left off, which was kind of nice. Yeah, um, there was an article out there about how your um, data progresses from the demo to the game, and it was the shortest description ever. Uh, they said Outriders' um, progress from the demo carries over to the final game in a very easy way. It just does. It just does, yeah. Seamless. Um, so yeah, that, that was kind of cool. The one thing that I will say, you know, just to people who are playing, if you are playing the solo and then you have, um, you know, and, and then you have, like, friends that you're playing with. I was playing solo. You and I started playing and I jumped in your game because you were a little bit behind me. When I went to go back to my game, uh, it did not allow me just to like pick up where I left off solo. It was still back on where you and I were trying to push oh. So I had to go back to the menu and select uh, there's like a, a chapter select option. Got it. Find where I was at. So if that's something that happens you didn't lose your progress. You know all those things that you already did are still there. Just go back to the main menu and go through chapter select. You're fine. And, and this game does let you replay like side quests and stuff, which I think for some of them is kind of stupid. Um, some side quests <laughs> yeah. you should definitely be able to repeat, but I shouldn't be able to walk into a building and have a guy greet me that I'm pretty sure should be dead. Um, <laughs> Ghost! Like, yeah. yeah. And then have the exact cutscene play again, but I'm like, hmm, pretty sure this already happened. So I already know this is meaningless. I'm pretty sure I, uh, I I already turned in this quest and uh, hand delivered this gentleman's head to this person. Uh, good stuff though. Yeah, go check out. Uh, you know, if you have Game Pass, it's a it's a no brainer. The demo is available, I think, everywhere, so you can at least give it a you know a, a fair shake. Uh, on and the demo does give you a lot. It it still gives you a lot to play with. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I played it for probably like three hours or so. To get through, you know, just to get through everything, and that's that was like doing all the side stuff and you know exploring and looking around. Um, so yeah, um, I know uh, Brian, you were a little apprehensive, I think, on this one. You were like, nah, I think I'm good, but you were just saying that you were thinking about grabbing the demo and checking it out. I had the demo downloaded, and maybe this week I'll get around to trying it out. My apprehension has nothing to do with the game. It's just, I see this and it's like, it's another shared world shooter, looter, grind. And I've done my fair share of those. And I'm not sure if I'm in the mentality at this moment that I want to get into it. I haven't ruled it out. It's just, I haven't seen anything quite yet that has stood out for me to say this is a must have for me personally. 
that does but that doesn't say anything about the game itself that's just kind of more where i'm at at the moment yeah it doesn't like we were saying it doesn't have that trope like anthem ad flying yeah well, I, I will point out that as far as the looter shooter aspect of it um i'm finding very little reason to use my weapons because your guns and stuff are mostly pointless um you do get some cool buffs from them once in a while but your abilities are what drive the game um if you're not, if you try to go through and not use, not maximize your ability usage, you're gonna have a bad time because that's where you're getting most of your life back from. Right. Yeah, I found a good um, back and forth. I like shooting. I, I I definitely focus. I think more on that than using my abilities. But maybe that's just my class. I think that might just be you know I throw out a turret and I have healing and then I have uh, yeah like yeah your, your class ammo. your class the abilities aren't really as aggressive you have the more passive abilities to do damage for most of the other classes though it's your abilities are the, the meat and bones of everything so um, for sure I, I was picking up gear left and right even when we played together I think I picked up like six different pairs of boots in one mission <laughs> that were all progressively better and I got really pissed off like we wiped out an entire group of enemies. I picked up some gear. I was like, "Oh, sweet! I'm gonna equip this. It's it's so much better than what I had on." And then I walked up to the next floor and found another pair of boots that were better. I, was like, I, didn't, even fucking, I didn't even tie these other ones yet. Shoes. Let's yeah, get some yeah. shoes. That that joke. Fuck! I haven't even tied these ones yet. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go ahead and move on because we do have just a few others. Uh, two actually Apple arcade games um, came out here on the second. The first one is World of Demons, uh, ironically from Platinum. So uh, that that's pretty interesting. I, I think I've seen this game uh, a few times before. Um, it's basically you're just kind of going from like place to place, and actually, what we're watching here is a, a gameplay demo. Um, and you just basically you have enemies that come at you you have abilities um and you just kind of chop them down it's really done in that um uh, what was that it's that okami art style okami yeah that's one i was i was trying to think of (laughs) i was like where i choke on energy drink because i knew exactly what you were trying to say yeah (laughs) yeah um so it looks really really good and of course uh it's broke down into battles and you get a rating so it's kind of like uh devil may cry in that aspect um, it looks pretty good. Yeah, look up uh, World of Demons if you already have Apple Arcade. Uh, go grab that and check it out. You know, Platinum, for me, their work is very hit and miss. But I do know, like, Platinum Games is pretty beloved, like, beloved by their fans. So, definitely something to check out. Uh, and then the other one, what's one that you threw up there? God damn Sorry. it. Fantasian. <laughs> Fantasian dropped Apple Arcade exclusive. I'm only pissed because it's a Mistwalker Studios title. For anybody that doesn't know, Mistwalker Studios is the best of the Final Fantasy guys. It's Hironobu Sakaguchi and Nobuo Uematsu doing the music. So Sakaguchi's doing the game and world and the story, and Uematsu's doing the music which means it's essentially just one of the best Final Fantasy games ever that's not a Final Fantasy game. Um, What makes this crazy RPG so good is when you look at the models for it, it's like you're playing on a diorama. Um, Oh, yeah. If you thought that, like, um, 
Octopath Traveler was great being that like almost pop-up book style gameplay. This is better. Um, this is literally you going around a full 3D rendered diorama with your like adorable and awesome characters. And it's still a classic turn-based RPG, which is what he's amazing at doing. Yeah, this looks good. Um, I, I, would, have, like, I would pay 60 bucks for this as a full physical release. Like, I I would throw the money down based on reputation alone, but it looks absolutely gorgeous for what it is. And it might, if I steal my son's iPad for a while, make me try <laughs> out the, I don't know. the one it's month lost. trial. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and that's what I like, uh, you know, I guess not to toot our own horn, but what I like doing with the podcast is, you know... This isn't something that I probably would have ended up seeing. I haven't seen any marketing on this at all. There wasn't a lot, and that's what's crazy about it. It got brought up a few times in passing, but it didn't get a lot of hype because it's Apple Arcade. Um, yeah, and later today I'm going to go and grab Apple Arcade again, probably just for World of Demons and and this, uh, Fantasian. Like, this is uh, really, really good stuff. Yeah, so um, Mistwalker hasn't put out a bad game. They haven't put out a lot of games, uh, but they put out some really good ones for last-gen titles. They put out a really good Wii title, uh, which was the last story. They put out um, they put out Lost Odyssey for 360. Um, their titles tend to stay on one platform and not go elsewhere. Is the problem? So yeah. I so don't it doesn't see get that this. Love later I don't on. see this going anywhere else. Is what sucks. Um, yeah, and I, I feel like I, I was really bummed, really bummed because having a game only exist on a like membership based platform, like that stuff only, is stupid <laughs> because you're you're missing so many opportunities there. So I'm hoping that we actually see this do get poured into something else. Um, literally anything else um, I feel like it would be great on the Switch but I'll take it on literally any platform even just plain old PC oh yeah yeah this would be really fun on the Switch and I just uh, I imagine you know depending on the downloads and the conversations that are being had this could definitely be something that ends up popping up over on the Switch for sure alright and then the last one uh, for PS5, PS4, PC from Oddworld Inhabitants of course Oddworld Soulstorm uh, that one popping up here on April uh, 6th. So um, if you're listening to this podcast uh, on the day it drops, tomorrow. Um, I think we talked about this a decent amount already. So not too much more to say about it. Uh, what what kind of game is this? Is this Lemmings style game? Is that what we would describe this as? Yeah, I mean the Oddworld games have always been that way uh, for the core games. You are, it just feels like one of those games that you, you go, are oh, Abe. it's Oddworld. You're Abe, and you're trying to lead the rest of the, the rest of your enslaved people to freedom. So yeah. there is puzzle solving in it on how do I get this many people to survive getting to the next world or the next area, um, and yet you have to get so many to make it through. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's like a lot of other games out there, but it, it really is its own thing. There are different abilities and power-ups and items you can get in it, but it's really about platform puzzle solving and what it's going to take for you to get you know 10 people through this door. 
uh, without them all getting shot on the way. Yeah, it's uh, and the the style. If you're curious, is kind of like two point five D. It's very much two D, but the camera does rotate and it does go in other directions, and things happen along the way. Um, so it's uh, it's interesting, very much like you were saying, puzzle solving and um, you know, just surviving, just trying to you know, just trying to make it happen. So uh, that one, of course, free for everyone on uh, PlayStation uh, PC. I'm not too sure on the cost on that, but yes, PS PS Five, uh, PS Plus for the month, like we covered earlier. So. Very excited to add another launch title, another game at launch to my to the uh, to my backlog. Yeah, yeah, you love to see that. That's um, kind of pretty much become the standard, I think, as we've said pretty much every month as we've come through with new PlayStation games, PlayStation Plus titles. All right, so scooting on to your uh, Epic Game Store freebies, uh, we have Tales of the Neon Sea. I did not look at this, by the way. At all. It looks, neat. it looks neat. It's my kind of game, as everyone already knows. Um, I'll probably... Uh, I mean, I at least redeemed it. I'm probably not going to have time to play it forever, though. Sure. Um, Alright, so what kind of game is this? It looks okay, adventure be, puzzle solving investigation. Yeah, yeah, so almost like Metro. Yeah, it looks like it's almost got some little Metroidvania vibes, but it's that side scrolling puzzle solving stuff. So, cool, um, cool. Yeah, yeah. The world looks really, really cool. Looks like a neon future. Um, yeah, just, you know, a neon future uh, setting. And it looks like you are playing a detective. So, yeah, the art style looks really, really cool. Um, kind of that pixel art style. So. So you can go pick that one up right now. That one is running uh, until April 8th. Uh, and at, uh, at that time, they're going to switch over to 3 out of 10 Season 2. Uh, or so they say that's what's going to happen. And we've talked about um, that game a lot. So uh, yeah, Season 1 anyway. Yeah, you can get pretty much all of Season 1 for free. Yeah, Season 1 I think <clears> is still free. It's a, uh, it's, um, a really fun... Uh, like single player comedy adventure game uh, it's more like you're sitting through the story and making decisions but you are a um, you're, you're part of a, a development team at a video game studio that just makes really bad games that are like 3 out of 10 <laughs> um, and season 2 it says caffeinated super powered sentinel alt and rival game studios uh, all stand in the way of Shovel Work Studio as they struggle to fi uh, finally make a game that scores better than 3 out of 10. So, yeah, no, the comedy looks fun. Um, I'm, I, I, I've had Season 1. I haven't touched it yet, but just every time I see it, it makes me want to play it. So if you are looking for something just completely ridiculous, uh, 3 out of 10. Just got to grab that Epic Games Store account. Alright, um, so up next, we, yeah, of course, weekly news. Um, we have a few things to... I never know what we're going to really stick on. I don't think the first thing is going to be what we really, really like stand, stand out and stick on. But um, CD Projekt Red did have a, uh, a, a pretty much like a meeting, and then they 
that meeting, like they made like a video of it, um, titled the CD Project Group Strategy Update. Um, and it had president and CEO and some various other people, you know, just kind of talking about what's going on with the studio, where they plan to go, and what their strategy is going forward. Um, so uh, it, it seems like their biggest thing is they want to uh, focus. They want to have, uh, you know, they, they want to do um, a... They want to make quality games that are done in a reasonable amount of time uh, above the standard, you know, above the, uh, you know, at or above the quality that uh, they're known for, you know, aside from Cyberpunk. <laughs> um, which, you know, there was some more news about that. So uh, they're really focusing on, uh, I believe what they were saying was two triple a titles i believe right now um simultaneous development simultaneously one in each of their two big universe yeah. um yeah, so i don't know what that means they didn't elaborate um cyber 2078 confirmed yeah the big, yeah. <laughs> that's the big rumor out there is like that this was them indirectly saying they're working on the next cyberpunk and the next witcher title next witcher for sure and I, I don't know so i i keep hearing uh brian or uh you know you did bring that up earlier when we were talking you were like hey i think they were saying that the online was canceled but they bought a whole studio for online maybe uh and i did see there was a definite it. delay to it yeah, I don't, i'm not sure if it was canceled, canceled. um uh, they're being very vague about it they're yes. definitely questioning its future um, I feel like, if anything, the idea of another AAA title would just be not a spinoff or not a part of this cyberpunk that we already have, but another cyberpunk game releasing as a multiplayer-only title. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I, I like what uh, Rockstar is trying, potentially planning on doing with like GTA Online. Where they might just do that as its own standalone. I just I, I don't think it's the right time for the multiplayer. I always thought that that was I was like you know, it's fine if you're going to deliver a really high quality item with the main thing, and then hey here's this extra thing. I I've, I've never mind that you know looking at like um, think... like Assassin's Creed, Mass Effect multiplayer, you know things like that. It's it's an addition. Hey, you're also getting this. I think in an alternate universe where Cyberpunk came out and didn't have the insane amount of issues that it did, both with development and the actual game itself, I think it'd be a different story with the multiplayer that it would be something that it would just be expected, but because you know, reality has played out differently, I think this is just them coming to terms with what they have to do going forward as far as 2077 is concerned. Yeah, yeah. Um, their plan for this dual um, development is actually pretty solid. It's, um, you have Witcher and uh, uh, an entire team that's dedicated to Witcher. And then you have um, 
you know, cyberpunk, an entire team that's dedicated to cyberpunk. And then there are the leads, and those leads will shift back and forth on their focus. Um, I could not say how that's going to work out. Um, these are vastly different games, but with that, I think that gives us the, uh, you know, chance on, um, you know, getting some sort of connection between the worlds, which I think is what they were trying to do originally, uh, you know, back in the, um, you know, back in the day when they were doing Witcher 3 and, you know, Siri's whole thing about seeing, um, you know, Siri's whole thing about seeing uh, flying cars and people with metal in their skin and stuff like that. Um, I think that was their plan, and I think they wanted to do that after. They wanted to do that post-launch for Cyberpunk, but then ran into this fiasco. Um, well, it also sounds like it's just their attempt to better uh, um, address optimization for the development of these two franchises. If you have teams that are just dedicated to strictly this franchise versus that franchise, then you allow for these teams to become more engrossed in it and they're not trying to switch back and forth as much in their focus and so um you just get you probably just get a better development process overall that way at least that's what i'm getting from it yeah um and i think that was you johnny that just put up the um CD Projekt Vancouver, where they uh, yep. added digital scapes to it. Yeah, I, I, I was going to put that in there. I, I didn't for whatever reason, because um, we had shared it throughout the week over on Twitter. Um, but they did uh, they did acquire digital scapes. Um, I didn't look into what exactly digital scapes had done in the past. They will be, of course, moving forward, rebranded as CD Projekt Red Vancouver. Uh, and that's their first studio outside of Poland. That it is going to be in the CDPR. Yeah, it's studios. definitely going to be weird because, uh, ironically enough, the one thing that CDPR needs is better PR. So, hopefully, this ends up being a, a good turn and gets some new blood in there. Yeah, for sure. I'm looking up what Digital Escapes have worked on previously. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing actually. Yeah, not seeing anything. Their their website has been completely. Oh, our team members work on blockbuster series like Cyberpunk, Dying Light, Company of Heroes, Dead Rising, Mass Effect, Prototype, and more. But that doesn't say what they have worked on. Um, so it sounds like maybe they're just more of a. I think they're more of a tools team. Yeah. Yeah, I see video game console and PC game development, multiplayer gaming, programming, combat mission design, animation, production tools, and pipeline cloud services, and analytics and R&D. So there's just probably an outsource team that other studios have used in the past, and they um, and Cyberpunk just wants to acquire them to help with development of their own games, so that would be my guess. Otherwise, yeah, I think I would have contracted with them anyways for... I always go to uh, something like Quixel, um, you know, I have friends that work there and, you know, they don't produce video games, but they produce video games, if you know what I mean. Right. <laughs> like, they they, uh, they they don't develop or produce, but they kind of do both. Like, here's all the tools to make that happen, um, and they provide that. Um, so it sounds like maybe that's what Digital Escapes is doing, unless, uh, you know, CD PR just mixes it up, you know, gets them something, um, you know, gets them... Um, 
more geared up for a different role entirely. But I don't think they do that. I think I feel like they would keep them right where they are because they acquired them for a reason. Yeah. I think this might also help with a faster development turnover rate too, would be my guess, because Witcher 3 was 2015, right? Oh, that sounds right. All right. We'll say this, just for a hypothetical sake. Yeah, we, we we don't have... It, it was. Yeah. We don't have Austin here, so... <laughs> <laughs> He's like, uh, it was actually May 18th, 2015. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then their next game that came out after that... Granted, they did come out with expansions for Witcher 3, but their actual next title launch was five years later... Well, almost five and a half years later, in the end of 2020. So they're probably looking to try to develop a quicker turnaround for their games, try to increase revenue, and also make sure that their stuff is in the market share and mind share of um, people who would be buying their games. Yeah, and whether you like it, you know, whether people liked Cyberpunk or not. Um releasing this first paint or this first game it, you know it always comes with you know as we were saying with um outriders the servers there's uh, you know growing pains in the first game there's growing pains some games have it worse than others um but they have the framework now now it's just about implementing okay we have these guys that work on the back end to provide new tools for the people that are making the game mm-hmm. uh the turnaround should be faster because they're not building something from the ground up, right? Like they are with, uh, like they were with getting their engine fitted to do a first-person shooter, like, like Cyberpunk. You know, that's those are very, very different styles of game. So, uh, from here, I imagine from here on out, this should be, um, you know, it should be. A lot more smooth sailing until it's time to update that engine uh, and do a full overhaul, and then at that time we might it might get a little you know a, a little shaky again. Was there um, any plans for any expansions for Cyberpunk? Like any additional content, or was the base game essentially going to be it? No, no, they they were talking about DLCs. They didn't jump into roadmaps just because it was like, hey, let's get this. Yeah, Cyberpunk technically has at least one planned expansion because I already have it based on the fact that I have the Cyberpunk console, which was the only way to get the game bundled with the first expansion. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'd assume that at this point, if they don't work, yeah, at this point, if they don't do it. Um, that's going to be a huge issue they would have to face because everyone that bought that console not only got a game that wouldn't run properly on the console, um, but then they would be missing out on that promised first expansion that was already paid for with that console purchase. My thought process why I asked that was I was wondering if their plans for Cyberpunk as a franchise going forward would be to only do what they've announced as expansions and only just that much and then try to move on to maybe a theoretical 2078 just to try to put some distance between how this launch went but yet still maintain the enthusiasm of the franchise yeah it's it's tough that the game's gonna get you know 
such a bad such a bad rap and and it's and it's warranted you know like you were saying it released on they sold a console that it cannot play on um but yeah man overall it's it's very promising to see this game i've been you know as much as i played it um and enjoyed it on where it can go from here they had a lot of aspirations that just ended up on the cutting room floor just due to you know people saying we need it now the people within the studio saying hey this needs to be out now we can't push this anymore um if they had had that appropriate time i think this game would have been completely different um and i mean just mechanically there were so many things that were just missed you know like wall running like um having a uh an opening for your character that allowed you to select different things not selecting it and then running through that opening it's just there were a lot of things that had to be moved around just to accommodate you know the time crunch basically and maybe that's the other thing too is why they would potentially work towards optimization for a better turnout rate to get to the things that they originally promised or wanted to do with this first one they still want to do for later iterations and uh, it's just the only way that they would be able to fulfill on that would be a new uh, installment in the franchise. Yeah, it's it's um, yeah. It, hopefully, you know they will be able to di- distance themselves. You know, maybe they'll. Um, it could be going forward. It could also be going backward, looking at like a corporate war. Um, there's a lot of options, uh, but I I really enjoyed B's story to be honest so um i i i still uh can't wait to see what's next for these guys especially in the witcher universe like yeah and maybe yeah. that's also why they also wanted to do simultaneous um development is that way they can cater to both styles of um audiences because someone who's interested in uh cyberpunk may not be interested in the fantasy elements of the witcher and vice versa and so if they can put those kinds of tiles out on a regular basis, then they can capture those audiences a little bit better. Yeah. But, um, so they did this pretty long videos, but a, but a, just shy of a half an hour, just talking about, this is what we're doing. You know, this is how we're changing things, um, you know, and to avoid these issues that they've had, 2020 just destroyed this company's reputation pretty much yeah um, it's an uphill climb but i yeah i'm they i think that they'll be able to do it they have this was eventually all studios have one missed shot and just end up that this was cd project reds i think or i hope that they take the lessons that they learned from this and apply it into their plan going forward and just try not to repeat the same mistakes for sure. Uh, so go check out that video if you are interested as well. There is a pretty hefty patch that came out for uh, Cyberpunk. I'm not sure what that fixed. I would be interested to see on how this game plays broke, after this patch. It actually broke some extra things. Really? I would yeah. I, I would be interested to see how it changed in um, you know the um, last gen consoles. Does it make them playable? Like what what? what exactly and this is a 
beefy write-up. Like, I, I'm I'm still scrolling. Yeah, it's to the point now <laughs> where the updates are so big scrolling. that I'm not even messing with them anymore. Yeah, and for for me, it would just be creating a new character and playing, but I would still be playing it on PS5, where my experience was already pretty good aside from Japantown. It's uh, so I'd be interested to see. I do know, um, you know, some of our friends, uh, our old DM, he was saying that he played it all on um, an Xbox One and he didn't have any issues, which I find to be really, really crazy. <laughs> but you know, that's, also, that's what he was saying. We also have to look at what some people consider issues and some people don't. It is still all going to be frame of reference, so things For happening sure. in one person's experience they might not see that as an issue they might just see it as uh it just happens well he was just talking on like crashing he was like no my game did not crash and i was like that's impossible right like i don't that seems impossible a, for me i don't think i've ever had a game crash on me prior to outriders the other day so I, that's just how my luck's always been um, oh wow no. i've never had a single game crash on me of any kind except for an outriders crash the other day interesting okay that was the first time that anything had crashed on the series uh series uh, x for me oh and i mean like probably not even, the the issue, not even the server issue that we had um my game outright just crashed on me because i talked to an npc oh yeah i don't consider server issues like a crash like it's well, that's its own thing well it when that server issue happened with you and it threw it back to the main menu it didn't throw me back to the main menu it closed the game for me <laughs> Gotcha. All the way straight to back to the home, back to home base. Yeah, and I would, I would still base that on the server issue, though. So sure. I would still connect to that. But what my problem was was I talked to an NPC at a shop, and I picked my free thing up that I earned from doing a quest for them, and then it just froze. I couldn't get out. I, I there was no audio. I was at a screen where I was I couldn't move anything. It froze right after I hit like exit. And I just had to completely restart everything. Huh. Well, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll of course keep monitoring the situation. Um, but if you've had some experience, you know, if you have Cyberpunk and uh, you're playing it on, and you have it on last gen, check it out. Let us know. Uh, drop us a line over on uh, Twitter at Mammoth Games Inks. Um, we like to just hear a bit more about that. Uh, that experience for you. All right. So uh, one of the other things that popped up this week that was pretty interesting and might actually have a few of us getting back into it was No Man's Sky has an Expeditions update. Um, their website has this really rad artwork with this like withered almost comic book looking front at the very top. And it's always I I'm always surprised and I like it. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um, go check out their website. Uh, but update 3.3 did introduce Expeditions, a uh, brand new way to play No Man's Sky, fresh journey, brand new game modes, uh, master a unique set of challenges with uh, revitalized mission mechanics, earn new rewards, visit bustling hub worlds, and more. And they have a pretty um, they, they have a pretty good video uh, that you can check out on that as well. Um, just kind of looking through one of the things that was really noteworthy to me uh, was their milestones and phases 
uh, area that they added into the game. Just kind of showing you things that you've accomplished. And along with that, you do get basically like uh, milestone and phase badges that I, I don't know what you can do with them, uh, but it does have a whole, uh, you have a whole like uh, menu just kind of dedicated to that, showing things that you've done, like reached your starship, left the planet, went light speed, um, established a base, uh, just kind of cataloging things along the way, um, which not to be confused with the other menu that is cataloging, where it's uh, uh, like different creatures and different plants and things on planets. Um, and uh, yeah, they, they've mentioned that they've completely overhauled um, space station missions. Uh, what else do we have here? Mentioned the patches. Uh, mission target sweeping. Uh, sweeping. Um, there's a new target sweep mode requires players to use their tracking skills to precisely locate their target. So instead of saying, hey, this is right here, you pull up your visor, it has this reticle, and it points you in the direction. So you're like, okay, it's telling me that it's this way. It kind of reminds me of like a, almost like a radar. And then of course they've added some other smaller things like weekend events, uh, Twitch, more Twitch integration, and uh, you know things like that. So, oh, and they have one of these really nice sliders on their website. That's not more reason to go check it out. You know, I don't know what to tell you. Um, so, I, I have to say this. Before and afters. One huge thing that I've no I'm really been noticing about No Man's Sky is, without being titled as such, it's a game as a service. Like, they are okay. constantly, constantly making changes to this game. I don't think it's ever going to just stop. No, um, I, I don't think so either. I would put it akin to more like a resource survival game. Uh, game as a service, like akin to maybe Ark Survival or something like or that. Or Rust, or yeah, yeah. 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 It, just... It's interesting. I, I, I definitely, um, one of our, uh, one of our Facebook, uh, friends was saying, hey, uh, you know, I really want to get back into this. I've been thinking about it, so I responded to him. I know, uh, Major Potty, you've been talking about, you downloaded it already. I'm not, I haven't downloaded <laughs> it yet, but I plan on it. I, I, I've so been looking at it and i just been like I really enjoyed it when it came out I just moved on to different things because there just wasn't much there to do but for what was there I enjoyed it it was kind of like a great hey do you want to just chill and just travel to different worlds kind of game and just do whatever and that's for me open ended open world games I do love to get lost in I love getting it into like minecraft i'll go on short spurts with that and just do whatever in that kind of game and no man's sky was just one i haven't touched in years and every time i look at and see what um they've pushed out in their updates it's just like man i really need to get back into this because i really enjoyed what i really enjoyed what lil they had at the time so i'm probably going to love whatever they've pushed out since then yeah, and that's my thing. I, where you were like, oh, I really, really like this open-ended thing. I like it to a point. I like there to be a direction. I like to be doing something. Not just kind of like, well, 
Like, the game was originally, the reason that I stopped playing was because it's, okay, let's go to this planet, shit, it's frozen, or it's, it's, it's radioactive, like, <laughs> now I need to figure out how to survive, or leave, and just give up. Um, or, oh no, so, I, my starting planet is toxic, and I can only <laughs> be outside for five minutes at a time, and then I have to rush back to my ship. Yeah, yeah. that happened last time I started a game, that's why I kind of quit. Yeah, and it looks like they've, you know, kind of fixed some of that stuff, um, made it more accessible. I, I, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm stoked to get back in here and check it out. The game's almost night and day difference from launch. Like, it's always looked good, but... There's something about that art style I just really dig. and It is gorgeous. Their soundtrack is amazing. I encourage you to um, look up their soundtrack on Spotify or at wherever i personally have it on a vinyl record and it's just it's an awesome just vibe kind of music it, it put it on like when you're working or something like that yeah for sure so maybe we'll have some conversation uh next week about no man's sky uh expedition update all right so we have some lego star wars news Sad Lego Star Wars news. For sad. God, this thing even existed. How can you be sad with Legos unless you're stepping on them? <laughs> oh, that was another April Fool's Day thing. Did you guys see about where uh, Lego put out smart Legos? I did not see that. Oh, it's this video where the first half of it is people stepping on Lego bricks and then Lego announcing smart Legos where as this person walked by, all the Legos on the floor just scatter away from your feet. Alright. Alright, I can get behind that. Um, but it does look like, uh, and I'm not too sure on when this was um, originally announced. Uh, this game was but, announced ages ago. Yeah, the Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. I um, want to say almost about time when maybe just before Rise of Skywalker came out. And holy crap. Yeah. Yeah, for a Lego game to be getting delayed like this is crazy right i'm not insane to think so dude you literally already oh. have the engine like you have everything you would need because the lego games don't really get that complex anymore yeah they're legos they right peaked. it'd be like them having trouble making south park but yeah they're just lazy that's why they have trouble and <laughs> i get that i'm <laughs> i'm with them um but yeah, they did uh, mention it was originally slated for spring. Uh, now it's been delayed indefinitely, from what I understand, right? Yes, it's they don't have a definite um, launch date anymore for it. I think originally it was supposed to come out in spring twenty twenty, after Is Rise this? of Skywalker to ride that momentum. Then it got delayed back because of COVID, and then it got delayed wait till this. They're going to wait for another Star Wars announcement to drop it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, this is their like Lego's probably most ambitious project, right? Yeah, nearly five hundred Star Wars characters. Five hundred characters. You can start at any point in the saga. Um, and I know that they were going to do two cinematic modes, where one has the voice acting in it and the other has the original um non-voice acting from like the og games where it's just like grunts and whatever 
Nice. So hopefully this game will see the light of day. It sounds like they've put in quite a lot of work on it, you know, trying to make as many Star Wars characters as possible. Um, but, you know, just one of those things we'll have to keep an eye on and, and, and hopefully they'll put out a new update. So the next one was uh, Niantic. Uh, this was one that um, Brian, that you were throwing out there, just talking about uh, their AR glasses design. This seems like it was a. Um, this seems like it was, it, it was like a April Fool's thing. But I'm <laughs> hearing it's not. When was the time on this? Nah, March 29th. We're good. Not an April Fool's Day. <laughs> All right, um, but yeah, just kind of showing off. I, I, I'm kind of confused. I, I don't know. Is there? I do see a video here. No, it's not what we want though. Um, I'd like to see exactly how this is working. Well, I'm guessing just more AR enhancements to what they currently already have existing with games just like Overlay and the, on the lens, Harry Potter Wizards Unite. Maybe, possibly. Yeah, I know that they were working with HoloLens on it, but I'd be interested to see what it is. You know it's going to be hilarious when this, if this does come out in the wild and it becomes like this insane AR experience and then you have a bunch of people in the park playing with Pokemon that aren't even there and people are just walking by. Yeah, yeah. Just like all these people just aimlessly walking. Yeah. <clears throat> but as someone who still plays Pokemon Go when they go on their mowing runs, it it'd be I'm curious to see what they do with it. For sure. That'd be something interesting to keep uh keep our eyes on. Um up next, I think we alluded to this one quite a bit. Um talking a little bit more about PlayStation Plus, Games with Gold, Games Pass PlayStation Now, how all that is integrated, uh, MLB The Show is coming to Xbox, as we all know. But it's not only just coming to Xbox, a lot of things, a lot of times people kind of forget, it's coming to Game Pass, which is a service. Yeah, this was, this was a big announcement. Um, they announced it earlier this week that not only was MLB The Show hitting Xbox, which we already knew was coming, the Game Pass announcement was what was huge. Um, right. Um, yeah, basically what this does is, hey, you can buy this game, uh, which is, in my mind, I, I guess I overlooked the Game Pass portion of that. You can buy this game. This is going to be one of those games that's a $70 game. Um, but it's coming to Game Pass. So for, you know, 20 bucks. I think there's different tiers. I paid the $20 tier just so I have everything. But... It's going to be, you know, relatively, you know, thinking about it, like, almost free over there. Uh, so, with that, people are like, why... It's coming for the first time to Xbox, and it's coming free. But people who have been longtime fans playing this, buying the PlayStation console, just so they can play this, still have to spend $70? 
I mean, people that don't have Game Pass, people that don't have internet access, those people still have to pay 70 bucks for a Series X version, too. Um, right. That's true. But, I mean, that's just that's just kind of taking the online aspect out of it anyway. Uh, you know, looking at those people who have been playing online, who, you know, relatively have just been keeping this uh, game alive. You know, if it wasn't for the people who were playing online, doing these different things... I mean, this would have went the way we see a lot of games go, where it's just, you know, done. Oh, there's not much of a, a need for that or want. So, that. here is a, a big thing that I thought about with this. You, know, like you said it was. Um, you mentioned the people that had been supporting the game for so long and playing it on PlayStation. Um, I I don't think it's going to impact them because at least not the majority of them. A huge, huge number of people that I would be selling MLB The Show to every year when I was still selling the game they were diehards about getting that physical copy of it and saying they own it and then the next year at launch trading in that old copy because they wanted to play it all the way till then um, I think that's what it comes down to when we talk about Game Pass we don't know how long it's going to be on Game Pass that's true um, but if it's there for a year I mean that's it they would be trading it in anyway, did, and then buying the next one. Did MLB The Show already come out on PlayStation, and this was delayed, or was this a simultaneous launch? It's a simultaneous launch. Yeah, okay. coming out everything at the same time. Yeah, it's going to be right. a simultaneous launch. Now, my big thing, too, is um, I sold people a ton of stubs, like the, the in-game currency for MLB The Show. Um, I, I feel like this approach going on Game Pass is really meant for more of a hey, you guys have never had access to this before. We want to show you how good MLB is, so play it. Because it's still a Sony-published game. I mean, Sony's still making the money, but I do feel, and I agree with the fans of them, you know, some of those fans that are saying, wait, they're getting it for free? What have they done? You well, they're know, not I've been out it here free, buying though. it every single year, and I, I still, you know, I, I was going to spend it anyway. But they get to play the same thing against, you know, potentially against them online. Is it crossplay? Uh, that I don't know. But I'm, I'm still going to be, I still have to be that guy that always argues that it's still not free, though. That you still have to, yeah. they're still paying for their membership service for it, and they're not owning anything. But then it comes back to where's Sony? They're making money on this, right. but they're not helping out their fans in, you know, supporting them. Uh, you know, supporting them with why not offer this on PlayStation now? I guess maybe well, they just kind of were trying to take a look at the metric of just what kind of fan base buys the MLB the show and is this something that they would be jumping ship for or is this they're just bought into this and they've been on PlayStation they're embedded in that ecosystem they're not too concerned when it comes to this particular franchise say versus I mean, maybe a different exclusive franchise and, and look at it this way even if even if long shot this were to be a move that just pisses off their core fans what are what baseball game are they going to go play exactly and they don't have a choice that's yeah the, so that, it's that's, not i don't think it's going to affect the sony people at all I, I think that this is really just them treading the water and being like let's see how big of an, an, an impact this makes on xbox because um, they're going to get the report numbers from it to see how many people downloaded it through Game Pass, how many people played it. They're going to get paid based on all that. 
but then they're going to be able to know for the future, you know, what if this is just a one-time thing and the next year it's not on Game Pass. Next year they're right. buying the game. Um, right. But this is a way to let them know, oh, this is worth it. We're going to make a ton of money next year because both platforms are going to have it selling like crazy. Yeah, and, and this doesn't affect me either way. I'm just looking at it objectively for mm-hmm. the people who are paying money, you know, paying full price for it versus the people who are getting it through a service they may already have. Um, you know, it just, it it does feel a little bit like a slap in the face. Just because it's like, why not offer the, like, why not? I, I, like, I don't know, maybe that's just like, well, I guess maybe I just won't get it on PlayStation. Maybe I'll just, if I already have Game Pass, I'll just grab it over there. I don't know. It's it, it's weird. It just feels... Um... It's a hard call because it's oh. a definite blind spot in at least where I follow the game industry and stuff. And as well, why isn't there like a sports pass? You know what I mean? Just get a bunch of them together. Because all the developers you know? are every different dev would make different kinds of money. Um, yeah. I also think this is going to be a big deal on the money. I think this actually shows you how much money they stand to make on microtransactions. Um, they make a ton on stubs anyway. This is even if they're not making as much on Game Pass as they would with physical copies of the game selling. Um, look at what they're about to make on in-game in-game purchases. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see the difference in. I imagine buying the physical copy. Uh, they'll see that number be slightly lower than what it used to be, but they'll see an uptick of the microtransactions. Not even. They won't see it. They, they stand to lose nothing with this. The number of physical copies sold won't be smaller. Because I, I still see I still You don't see think that those people going, oh, I have an Xbox and a PlayStation, why would I buy that over here when Not, I already have But look at how many people out there don't have both consoles. But look so, at how many people do. It's, I don't think it's going to be as big of a thing. <laughs> I think it's, I think you're going to see the same amount of physical copies sell. Plus, now you're going to see the physical copies on the other platform sell. I, yeah, I guess. Because now they're going to not only they're still going to see all the PlayStation copies sell, they're still going to see physical copies of Xbox copies go out the door like crazy. Um, I, I definitely feel like the physical copies will will drop in sales. I don't think that there's a way that it'll be higher than what it was previously aside from the fact that it's going to be available for those people for whatever reason that want to spend 70 bucks on something that they can get with game pass My, even if they wait even if they just use game pass and it's also wait, not just that it's also still you know they can get four and xbox one so there's four versions of this game dropping right so i, I think sales wise you're looking at four versions of the game being out there versus the two that always were I don't think we're going to see a dip in actual physical copies getting sold based on that alone. I do think we're going to see an uptick. Um, as far as yeah. Game Pass, I do see Game Pass making a difference, but I don't see it negatively impacting physical sales out there because I do see enough people that are still going to want it. The Game Pass approach, I feel like, is really just going to pull new people into the series that haven't had a chance to try it before. And in of the course. end, I still see it selling. I, I do still see it selling more full copies of the game. Yeah, I just don't think that they can have their cake and eat it too. I think a lot of it just has to play into like the metrics of the people who typically buy MLB the show. What also do they buy, and what kind of expansive library do they go after, or is thing or are things like MLB the show just what they buy for and stuff? And I think with this particular audience, granted, this is all speculation. I think that's typically mm-hmm. where it kind of ends up being is that they. 
they just go with this and then this is their game for the year or something like that. Yeah, I, I no joke yeah. had people that I would only see sure. during MLB season. Only. They would come yeah. in, they would pre-order their $100 edition of the game, they'd take it home, play the hell out of it, I wouldn't see that person see until next, next year. year. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That happens with pretty much pretty much every sports game has at least a couple people that are like that. Well, because, I think you hey, see, see that. You see that with definitely um, games like Madden and NFL from EA Sports, but also would also go along the line of you see it with Call of Duty too. You have people who just buy a console just to play Call of Duty, and a lot yeah, of times sure. they probably don't play much of anything else. Yeah, when it comes to a lot of the MLB, I see I, I saw a lot to like I said those one those one game buyers. They're more casual gamers. They're not as likely to, to have a membership that they're going to pay out monthly for because they mm-hmm. are looking more at the whole. Well, I don't do this enough for it to be worth it. I'll just buy the game. That way, I don't have to bother with this membership anyway. Um, and I think it's the same reasoning of why we don't see game uh, video games for sports go the down the road of the games of the service route where it's free to play and they just change things up and the seasons go on is that they're still making enough off of the physical and di- you know off the actual standard copy versions that making that kind of transition probably isn't yet worth it. Yeah, well well I guess we'll see on uh how all that shakes out um on you know just how this works for them financially and this will definitely be the thing that will make them do this again you know next year or for the future or uh you know just looking forward and this could be the thing that also um like i, I don't know it could be interesting i, I don't know why there's not like uh, uh like uh, a sports pass or something like that hey you like all of these titles and you you know you play um like fifa and madden and like nba 2k and mlb um you just get a sports pass for like 10 bucks or whatever 15 bucks and you can play the you know all of the games that you typically buy throughout the year and then that would open i feel like open up uh you know more for microtransactions oh i didn't spend you know 60 bucks on the game this year so you know yeah, i mean spend 30 on this maybe yeah, for some of the sports titles the reason why you don't see that is because you kind of already have that existing with uh, EA's subscription service, EA Play, where right, a right. lot of and those they do games. have they, they have the majority of those. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Now, I will say the other big thing that I remember is um, I was always told when I first started that retail job that the of all the sports games that I would see pre-orders like crazy on, the baseball guys always came through mm-hmm. every time. And every year, I would be at a 100% pickup rate for my for my baseball, even though yeah, I'd have fewer pre-orders because it's literally just the one side was just it was just PlayStation stuff all the time, so I'd have fewer pre-orders. But I would have a 100% pickup rate on them all the time, whereas my ML, or as my uh, Madden and my NBA, I would have dozens not get picked up because people yeah, would just a little bit more forget fickle. about it. Uh, it was always people that would forget they pre-ordered it or they would end up pre-ordering it at three different stores because they just didn't know or didn't care but my baseball crew always came through those extra there were never extra copies it was always like the pre-order people came in and got it a few people would walk in and i'd be sold out like consistently 
Alright, so another big uh, thing that happened uh, across this last week or so is uh, Sony putting down the PS3, PS Vita, and PSP stores. Um, I think at the time of recording this, uh, Johnny, you were saying that uh, the web versions are already gone, right? Yeah, they didn't even announce it. They just killed the website. It was like that slow murder that no one saw <laughs> happening. Um, the web versions of the platform stores for PS3, PSP, and Vita are gone. The only way you can buy digital PS3, PSP, and Vita games now is to go through the consoles, which is a nightmare because the the, the store sucks on the systems. Like it's mm. super hard to filter things down. Um, it was much easier to find a lot of specific things on the main website, but now that you're searching title by title for a lot of stuff, it's going to be really hard. Um, and even then, after this happened, they made the public announcement that they are formally closing those those console stores through the consoles as well later this year. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's tough. Um, I wonder if they have plans that they haven't talked about yet for you know adding this to an existing service or you know adding you know some of these things maybe to an existing service. I know some of them already exist. It's funny, um, like I but, I do genuinely see at least one more software update dropping to all three of these platforms soon now, um, just to make sure that people aren't finding a way to to pirate stuff afterwards. But I I do. I do need to go through the Vita and nab any purchases I haven't made yet because I still love playing my Vita. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, something to definitely keep an eye on if that is something. Um, get out there and I, I imagine a lot of those games are super on sale if they haven't jacked up the price. To some are closing. crazy expensive, but some of the rarer games, the weirder ones, are super cheap because they do go on sale a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, get out there this, and grab those things that you... I uh, don't want to live without because uh, who knows? Yeah, this Maybe means there's, there's a lot it. of rare PS1 games like Suikoden One and Two, uh, mm-hmm. and Xeno Gears that you can still download on those consoles from the PS1 versions that are going to be gone. Yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye on that. Hopefully, we'll have some more news about um, you know, like a legacy update for some of this stuff maybe in the future. But all speculation at this point. <laughs> PlayStation Network Classic releasing next year. <laughs> $50 a month. Um, so one of the other uh, kind of interesting things, almost missed it, actually, um, that uh, Sony uh, is working with uh, Chad Stalski, uh, who is directing a Ghost of Tsushima movie, uh, producing and developing a Ghost of Tsushima movie, which is awesome. That's um, that was definitely the best looking game I think of last year. I love that game. Um, it was definitely my favorite so of last year. And uh, I, I really like. Uh, I, I'm not sure the actor you were talking a bit about it, uh, Major, <laughs> just before we came live, saying that he would do uh, the actor for Jin, saying he would do uh, like he would be the main character, um, and uh, he definitely open to. Uh, uh, like the uh, at, like flashing his ass on screen and stuff like that, so that's fun. Um, I don't know. I, I I I'm interested to see what they're doing with this. If this is just straight up a 
uh, going to be a telling of the Ghost of Tsushima story, or if they're going, you know, going to take some liberties with it and, and go from there. Um, I mean, but, essentially, yeah, I, I this think, is um, um, this is a love letter to samurai movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I game itself already it's, was, which means it's going to feel really weird. I hope it has like very few colors in it. Like just to, like have them pop, but the whole movie black and white, and you have to watch it with subtitles. I don't know why. It's what I, that's what I want. That's what I want to see. But yeah, I think everyone who played this game had a different like experience, like their way of playing it. Um, I don't know. I really like that um, turning on the subtitles and turning it to black and white with the film grain, um, and have the. Uh, you know, Japanese voice acting and stuff like that. It's just fun. Um, so hopefully this movie will be, um, you know, will be just as fun. But, Chases yeah, I mean, the boxes. guy's known for John Wick. <laughs> so, you know, the the director's known for John Wick. So that's, that's something. But all right, that's pretty much the show. Do you guys have anything else? Uh, no, it was a it was a big two weeks. There was a lot of stuff that came out, a lot of a lot of stuff that happened, um, and some yeah. stuff that no one even saw coming. So, uh, rip PlayStation Store. Um, yeah, it just kind of makes us realize that we have to really uh, stay on top of things, and maybe sometimes impulse buying those random games when they're on sale is not such a bad idea. <laughs> for sure, for sure. All right. Well, uh, that's the show. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Uh, for Mammoth Games Inc., I'm one of your hosts, Night Swarm. And I'm Johnny Riot. And you can find me at Major Potty on the socials. Have a good one, guys. <laughs>